Let's talk about limiting our options. Limiting our options in so many different ways is basically going to try and be the aspect of what we're doing with our stacks and what we're doing with our quarterbacks for the week 15 slate. Limit your options. The paralysis by choice, you go to the store, you see 10 of the same item, and then you walk out with none of them, right? You don't know what to do. You go on Amazon, you're trying to buy a gift, you don't know what to do because there's 30 different ones that are all a dollar apart, right? That's exactly what is happening this week at the quarterback position, ladies gentlemen fellas 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 how y'all doing hope you're crushing it hope you already crushed the showdown slate this week i myself did decent and by decent i mean i didn't lose the whole clip because i had some of those players that ended up not getting their full run austin eckler playing very limited after uh, the slate already locks and that really cost me in the presenting sponsor that we could discuss in just a moment here but yes limiting our options at the quarterback position for the main slate on Sunday, back down to 11 games from 13 games, as now there are two Saturday game slates. We already had a Saturday video out. Don't worry. We'll also be going live Saturday at around noon East Coast time, so you could ask some questions there as well. But be sure to check out the projections, rankings, and that video follow along with the Wednesday one. But there are not that many good quarterbacks for week 15. And there's going to be a lot of stacks based on bad quarterbacks, that means. And there's going to be a lot of fake good quarterbacks that you're going to see on this slate. Guys like Jalen Hurts that we could discuss that. Look, I like Jalen Hurts last week. $5,100, you know, we had the rushing upside and then he does the exact thing you wanted. 100 plus rushing yards. He gets the bonus. On the ground alone last week, he had over 13 fantasy points for you, assuming you're playing on DraftKings with that type of a bonus. And then in the passing game, he wasn't that great, but he ends up getting 11 fantasy points, so it works out. But now if you're going to rely this week on a guy like Jalen Hurts against a a fine defense in Arizona, not a great, but not a bad defense, if you're going to rely again on him going for over 100 yards on 18 rushing attempts, you're probably going to be let down. And even if he does that, he has to start doing something in the air to win you a GPP because him getting you 22 to 23 fantasy points this week, and now 6K is no near the same at that $5,100 price tag. So there's going to be a lot of fake good quarterbacks like Jared Goff as well, who's going to be coming in with a great team total. But this is a guy who has a 17 and a half point spread as a favorite here. This is the Cam Akers show all day. It at least appears on paper because look, this team does not throw the ball in ahead at all this year. Jared Goff is averaging 28 pass attempts and basically the four to five, whatever you want to call which one's a blowout or not, games where they're blowing the opponent out, where they're not having to throw as much in the fourth quarter. It becomes the running game show. Now in past weeks, that was three-headed backfields. Based on what we're seeing the last week to week and a half out of Cam Akers, it seems like it could be the Cam Akers show. But I do believe that you'll still see some ownership there because of the team total, because of what that represents. So there's going to be a lot of fake quarterbacks, a lot of fake good quarterbacks this week for week 15. And there's just going to be a couple that you can see right now on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. I'll be allocating all of my resources, if you will, too. So before we get into breaking this all down, smacking you around a little bit with all the information that's, you know, going to help you, inform you, be more informed, you know, the disclaimer that I got to put on everything, right? This will not guarantee profits because you get some wackos out there that are like, you know what? One way I can try and make money with my lazy ass is to just try and sue people. This will not guarantee winning this free show. Of course not. It's going to increase your information, increase your edge to then potentially increase your chances of winning. You know, potentially, allegedly got to keep all those words in there to keep yourself safe these days. But with that all said, welcome in, ladies. Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 hit that like, hit that subscribe, go buy the new merch that's in the store for yourself for Christmas. Why not? You deserve yourself to be warm this Christmas with a nice, beautiful fellows hoodie or a nice, beautiful dollar ruskies, whatever you want to get. Check it out in the merch store down below. And also, 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 if you're not already familiar, we go live. We're going to be live Saturday. We're going to be live Sunday. We're going to be live Monday. Three days in a row, we'll be live for these games that are be coming up in these slates, the Monday night showdown slate, and then the Sunday slate, and then these two games Saturday slate. So be sure to hit that notification bell along with the subscribe button so you're notified of that. And I kind of teased it earlier, but Jock Market, the sponsor of this Friday 
Friday show every single week. We greatly appreciate the people over at Jock Market. What is it? It is where daily fantasy sports collide schmacks head to head with the stock exchange. It is a daily fantasy sports stock market where you can buy stocks in players. You could buy, you bid on them during the IPO stage. It is by far the best chance to get those players. And for this slate, let's just say the Sunday slate between 8 a.m. and noon Eastern time Sunday morning, you have four hours to bid. And holy shit, does it get crazy those final, let's just say 10 to 15 minutes player stocks start to go up. It's like an eBay bidding war begins. And then once you have your shares of that player, you can actually dump that player live or you can hold them a little bit more and even buy stock in other players if people are trying to sell their players all throughout the event. And it's all based on fantasy points. Depending on how many fantasy points that player scores is how much you're going to either gain or lose in your profit, your return on investment. But it is a ton of fun. And just this past night on Thursday night, I ended up putting basically, I, I just wanted one player. Just, you know, it's a showdown site. I didn't want to have to have stock in a bunch of players. So I took Austin Eckler and I basically had the price I had him at. I had to have him break in at like a top two to profit, finished third to basically break even somewhere around there. And it obviously did not go that well. Now he saw the touches, but he only had 70 yards, like only four receptions. He did not finish anywhere near the top two positions. And the concern was, and I felt confident, a little bit maybe overconfident in that market. Some things that you kind of have to ease. It was a bad investment, but the report came out basically right after the jock market closed that, you know what, he's going to be limited from Jay Glazer. So that was not great to see. I immediately said, you know what, let's see how much of our losses we can try and recoup here. And not many, not at all really, but the jock market is a ton of fun. So be sure to check it out. If you use the code SAL10, you can download it in the Android Google Play Store, the Apple App Store today, SAL10. It's free to download the app. That will give you a free $10 bonus upon deposit. Go ahead and try them out. They're a ton of fun to play. Thank you, Jock Market, for being the proud sponsor of the Friday Week 15 show. Quarterback position now, starting it up top with the guy who's, look, he's the best play on the slate yet again. In my opinion, he was one of the two best plays last week, him and Aaron Rodgers. And that honestly ended up proving to be right. Two guys, the state farm boys that are continuing to battle for the MVP spot. Both of them basically went out there last week and put up around 30 fantasy points plus. Rodgers had the better day at a cheaper price point. And now you get a cheaper patch of Mahomes, but, 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 it's a big old booty. The problem now is that you have the most expensive player on the slate, basically Tyree Kill coming in. Outside of those running backs that you're going to see that are up top, it's Tyree Kill at his price tag. It's an $8,000 Travis Kelsey. Now, although last week, Travis Kelsey was like $7,400. I thought it was a fair price point. 8k is still probably fair for what he's been doing this year, his historic season, leading the NFL and receiving yards right now. It just becomes very difficult to play both of them. It's starting very become very difficult to play one of them. If you want Tyree kill, you need that 30 plus point game at $8,800. And sure, he has these massive games, 60 points, a couple of 30 points, high 20s, but the high 20s doesn't get it done for you here. You need the Devonta Adams consistency of 35 fantasy point games. So I love Patrick Mahomes, but this is what you're going to have to do with Patrick Mahomes if you're trying to game and team stack it, which I'm trying to do. And before we get into that, Patrick Mahomes, you can see on the screen right now, if you listen on the podcast version, we like to flash and by we, we, I mean me editing this also one man band. You're somebody out there who likes to edit, who has some creativity in their editing, who just watched the Andrew Schultz special on Netflix and said, Hey, uh, that type of editing, that fast motion, those pictures, all that type of stuff. I think I could do that for Mr. Sal Vetri popping stuff up. Let me know. I'll be sure to pay you as well. A very good salary uh, or, or just wage. If you can actually do that consistently for me in a quick manner, but just like that, bang, we just created a job potentially for somebody. So let me know. But Patrick Mahomes right now, you can have a neutral pass blocking advantage here, minus 1% according to Pro Football Focus. He's behind the eighth overall pass blocking unit. And now he goes up against a good defense. New Orleans Saints ranked eighth overall in pressure rate and 19th in coverage this season. And they're allowing only the fourth fewest passing yards per game against them, 209.2. Obviously, Mahomes is coming in right now as the passing yard leader. So it's kind of going to be what your secondary can do against this motherfucking monster and Patrick Mahomes. He's averaging 38 attempts per game right now. He's currently third in passing touchdown, first in passing yards, like we just mentioned. He's going to be eighth in true completion percentage. He ranks in top numbers in a lot of different areas, whether it's air yards downfield, whether it's total QBR only behind right now, Aaron Rodgers, true passer rating, third overall in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is a great option. The only issue here is if you want a full on game stack it, you can go with a skinny stack, right? 
right? You can go Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, run it back with a Michael Thomas and or a Kamara and or a cheaper option like a Jared Cook or Emmanuel Sanders. But what I like to do is try and capture this entire game environment with this 28 implied team total with a game total right now, uh, the highest in the slate at 52. I like to capture as much as I can. So having guys like Sammy Watkins in the player pool, McCole Hartman in the player pool, those are probably the two main ones. I don't really want to stack up Clyde Edwards Lair with Mahomes, although we saw that correlation go up a little bit last week with more pass attempts to Clyde Edwards Lair. It's not to a point where it's Alvin Kamara like dependency or it's going to be Christian McCaffrey like dependency from his quarterback to throw to him. So I like getting Sammy Watkins in lineups. I think that that's a nice cheaper way. If you want to go to Marcus Robinson, it seems like Hardman's been on the field more, but those cheaper options are a nice way to fully stack this one up. So choosing last week, one of Kelsey or Hill, and then adding in a Sammy Watkins. I did that in my main lineup last week. I ended up going to, well, in my three max lineups, I had in my main lineup, single entry was the Packers stack. But then my other three max lineup was a Mahomes to Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins. Watkins had like a big 45 yard catch in the first half. Didn't really do much after that, but that's the ways that I think you can stack this game up a little bit more easily. Patrick Mahomes is going to be, in my opinion, probably the best option on the slate if you're looking to stack up. It just becomes a little bit tricky when you how you have to figure out how to do that now there's a lot of very cheap wide receivers this week and there's a lot of very cheap running backs or at least a couple of decent running back options like Leonard Fournette the elephant in the room with no Ronald Jones this week that maybe maybe you can actually get in there and get Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey which although expensive would be the most optimal way to stack up Patrick Mahomes. Next up, and the only other guy that I have a ton of interest in, there's some other guys that have some, is going to be Kyler Murray. And it's because of what the trend we're seeing lately out of Mr. Kyler Murray is. For the last month of the season, we've been kind of known about this shoulder injury. And not only has it limited his upside in the passing game and just his accuracy and his ability to hit the big plays, it's limiting his passing game usage. For three weeks in a row, we saw Kyler Murray basically go from being a top 10 quarterback every single week to now not being a top 10 quarterback each of the past three weeks. In week 12, only nine fantasy points, only rushes for 31 yards. Week 13, becomes a little bit more worrisome scores 17.4 fantasy points because he actually finds the end zone three times but similar passing numbers right he ends up going for just 4.4 yards per attempt and only 15 rushing yards last week we actually saw some encouraging things he ends up going for last week seven yards per attempt the most that he's seen since week 10 and 47 rushing yards on the ground as after the game he said that he was feeling a little bit better so this is very good to see now i'll have a negative nine percent pass blocking advantage this week but he ranks behind the fifth overall pass blocking unit philadelphia though very good very very good in pressure rate this is the concern for kyler murray if his shoulder is good, he'll be scrambling and he can maybe pick you up those 80, 90 yard rushing games. But if it's not, this man could be getting a little bit clobbered around if he has to remain in the pocket because Philadelphia's defensive line ranks second in pressure rate at 34% right now, second in overall pass rush. They are 26th in coverage though. They allow 220.6 yards per game to the opposing quarterback. So you know what you're getting out of Kyler. You're getting basically, I don't know, like at this point, an average quarterback in the passing game and a obviously clearly above average overall because of what he can do on the ground this year, averaging 8.8 yards per game. He currently has 10 rushing touchdowns, second in the NFL and 712 rushing yards second again only both of those numbers for quarterbacks behind Lamar Jackson he's first in fantasy points per game still at 25.9 and I do like to see that trend upwards again the passing game numbers against a good Giants defense all came back last week at a very good clip on a yards per attempt basis and the rushing numbers of 47 yards overall was the most that we've seen since week 10 before he sustained his injury against Buffalo you get a cheaper Kyler Murray now because of how he's been trending downward although if you're paying close attention last week might have been that trend upwards and you could stack it up clearly with DeAndre Hopkins. He's been targeting his tight ends a little bit more, although low volume for Darren Arnold. I think Christian Kirk is still a decent option to stack up with, but I would probably skinny stack it here. You could run it back on the opposite side of Philadelphia. That becomes the more 
interesting and difficult thing to do. Who does Jalen Hurts actually like? Is it Jalen Rieger? You saw the touchdown to Alshon last week. Um, one of these tight ends is probably the most ideal option for me, a Dallas Goddard. That's where like having a yes by Kyler Murray becomes a little bit more difficult because he's very cheap at $7,000. He has the clear stacking option with all the upside in the world of a 30 plus point game with DeAndre Hopkins. But who is that third stacking option in the Cardinal side? And who's your runback option? I prefer right now Christian Kirk and Dallas Goddard to finish that stack off with a 27 implied team total. That's where we're going right now. But again, Patrick Mahomes by far, by far right now, my number one option on the slate. Next up is going to be Mr. Lamar Jackson, who comes back and has a massive game on Monday Night Football. Buck 20 plus on the ground becomes the rushing leader at the quarterback position now for a second year in a row. Let's see if he can close this out and hold on from Kyler Murray, which he's actually pulling away from quite nicely right now. He has 793 rushing yards, leads the NFL, 66 per game at this point, six rushing touchdowns. That is third overall, getting two of them last week. And who does he stack up with? Mark Andrews is your clear stack because Hollywood Brown is now out. Miles Boykin is now out. James Prochet, the rookie, is now out all on the COVID list. So it's going to be right now, Willie Sneed, going to be Des Bryant and Devin Duvernay at the wide receiver position. Mark Andrews is my clear number one option. And then Willie Sneed will actually be my number two option. Willie Sneed before going on the COVID list, he's actually going to be pretty safe probably from that at this point. But before going on the COVID list, he ended up seeing a ton of air yards. He was seeing seven targets in three out of his previous four games. So that's where I would go with it. Now I do prefer this, the single stack with Lamar because you know, you get a lot of your points, not from his correlation with multiple pass catchers. That's why Hollywood Brown not having a great season, really nobody else having a great season outside of a decent season for Mark Andrews and above average season for X expectations based on like Willie Sneed. But give me Lamar just with Mark Andrews. If you wanted to run it back on Jacksonville, there's your James Robinsons. And really, you don't have to run it back that much. That's another reason why this stat, this slate is a little bit more difficult because a lot of the top end quarterbacks, Kyler, Lamar, we can talk about uh, Deshaun Watson in a second. Their stacking options are maybe okay. The run back options are maybe okay. There's none as good as that Patrick Mahomes game situation and it's priced for it. Lamar, a positive 27% pass blocking advantage behind the ninth overall pass blocking unit facing a Jacksonville defense. That is not good. 26th in pressure, 30th in coverage, allowing top five, the fifth most right now, or six most opponent passing yards per game at 273.4. Lamar has not been great passing this year, and that's kind of been the downside. Only 185 yards per game, but still putting up 22 fantasy points per game, seventh overall amongst quarterbacks, second in play action passing because this team, yet again, just like last year, is the second year in a row now that they are the number one rushing offense in the NFL. You get the rushing upside from Lamar, and now the play action passing in this game should actually be pretty good as 14-point favorites. I like Lamar Jackson. It's The concern is that you have Kyler Murray for cheaper. So if you're playing him because of the rushing upside, you have Kyler Murray for $500 cheaper. You have hell Jalen Hurts at $5,900. So you want that passing game usage as well to get you to 30 plus points. And you have to stack it up at that point, in my opinion, which is where Mark Andrews comes into play. Next up is going to be Deshaun Watson. A lot of Deshaun Watson will be kind of dependent on what happens with Brandon Cooks. I don't want to be stacking up Deshaun Watson again with Jordan Akins and just Kiki Kute. But if I could stack it up with Brandon Cooks and Kiki Kute, I feel a little bit better about that. The opposite side runbacks are T.Y. Hilton. You have Jonathan Taylor. You have Michael Pittman. So this is actually a nice stack. The team total of 22 and a half is a concern. We've seen these low team totals for this Houston team all season long, and they've been able to outproduce that. Deshaun Watson with his legs basically squaring at this point like 23 or more fantasy points per game. Even in a difficult situation like last week when he loses a lot of guys, he's still able to move the ball at a respectable clip. He'll have a minus 4% pass blocking advantage this week behind the 12th overall pass blocking unit. Indy right now is bottom third of the league in pressure rate. They ain't going to be getting a miss to Deshaun. And even if they do, this man's just going to put one move to the left and run up to the right side for seven yards and a first down at that point. Deshaun Watson is an absolute beast. Deshaun Watson, maybe 
maybe on any other team. Like if Deshaun Watson right now is on Deshaun Watson, put him on the Rams. Deshaun Watson on the Rams with Sean McVay, that might be a beautiful marriage down the road potentially, but not happening anytime soon. So yeah, Deshaun Watson, that's probably where I look to go the most right now, averaging 33 attempts per game to this point, sixth in fantasy points per game, very quietly averaging 23 per game, a little bit more than that on DraftKings at almost 25 points per game to this point. He's fourth in completed air yards and first, first in average yards per attempt at 8.7. The man's been beautiful this year. He's been fantastic. Deshaun Watson is definitely going to be in my exposures. And then after that, if you want either side of Tom Brady versus Matt Ryan, it's okay. Matt Ryan, I'm a little bit hesitant on. He has been terrible lately and does not seem like Julio Jones, who is listed week to week and has not yet practiced as of Friday morning, does not look like he's going to go. So that makes me not want to go to Matt Ryan. But if you're looking for one cheap option below the 6K range, I would go to Matt Ryan. Otherwise, Tom Brady is a guy that I look to. Tom Brady last week, look, he didn't have to throw as much. That was a concern. It was just Ronald Jones taking over. They didn't have to throw as much. The man only threw, I believe, what, 23 total times last week. And he was decent, 8.5 yards per attempt. That's now back-to-back games of 8.4 or more yards per attempt and three out of his last four. I mean, the game against the Rams was terrible, but outside of that, he's been good. He only put up 16 fantasy points last week, but he did not have to throw the ball at all. Now you have him in a situation where, again, a 28 implied team total, one of the higher ones on the slate. You would assume that Atlanta keeps this closer than Minnesota really did last week. No Ronald Jones, so Leonard Fournette, sure, he'll be able to run the ball, but Leonard Fournette also been more so a pass-catching running back this year, very quietly in his role in this team. So I do think that Tom Brady is a decent option at $6,600. I would lean to go to Houston and Deshaun Watson. Keep an eye on what happens with Chris Goblin's status. They've just been saying that he's healthy, but last week he was clearly limited. Now, all the guys only ran like 19 routes because they only threw 23 times, but he was dealing with some hand and like arm injuries the entire week. And he ended up really seeing that in that game did not seem like he was comfortable at all Tom Brady was not comfortable throwing him the ball so just keep a close eye on that one but that's where I have at the quarterback position on a short slate I mean it's Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the guys and it might seem like that's been the case all season long but it really hasn't like I don't know maybe he'll come in at 10% at this price point difficult to stack up I don't think many people will like to see that their remaining salary after playing Mahomes with Tyreek or god forbid Mahomes with Tyreek and Travis Kelsey so I actually think you can get unique within that now that Leonard Fournette opens up it makes it a little bit easier to do we move over to the running back position where condensing it's not going to be as much of a, a, a motto, right? The quarterback position limiting our options. Running back position, maybe not as much going to be the case there. You have Derrick Henry to start off. The guys up top, you don't have to say much about them, right? Derrick Henry needs whatever, 150 yards per game to close out the year against good, easy opponents. I do think Tennessee is going to try and do that. And the game script just says so. You get a matchup against Detroit, who has been slightly below average and in some metrics are really bad against the run. They're 10 point favorites this week, the third highest on the slate. So it lines up pretty good for Derrick Henry, who also has, let me, let me clear my throat for this one, a positive, a positive, 51% run blocking advantage this week beyond a six ranked run blocking unit. And oh yeah, the Lions give up top four overall yards per game to the running back, 133 per game. They rank 30th in tackling and 28th in run defense. I mean, how are they going to stop this guy? And that's why he's priced at $9,500. I still prefer Dalvin Cook because he does have more routes. If somehow the game goes sideways, Ryan Tannehill gets hurt and they're just playing from behind. Somehow you have in this game, Matt Stafford go berserk like Baker Mayfield did a couple of weeks ago, but still fourth overall in opportunity share, first in carries with 23 carries per game to this point. You're having the third most fantasy points per game. He's first in yards created and second only two. Uh, Mr. Dalvin Cook, innovative tackles, first on breakaway runs. Not much more you can say about Mr. Derrick Henry, as you can see on the screen. The man's a monster. He looks fine. It's difficult to play him if you want to stack up the Chiefs, is all I will say. And I want to stack up the Chiefs more than I want to play Derrick Henry. But getting to him is okay if that's what you want to do. Dalvin Cook for $500 less. I probably would prefer at this point, but it's still fine. Three-point favorite at that point, averaging four more fantasy points per game than Mr. Derrick Henry. Averaging more opportunities as well, very quietly, with 27 because of the almost four targets that he's seeing per game. He also has a nice pass blocking advantage or run blocking, plus 18% this 
week against the Bears defense that is bottom half of the league against the run, allowing 115 and a half yards per game. They do rank ninth in tackling though, so that would be your concern. He's second in red zone touches, first in overall touchdowns, first in goal line carries. I mean, Dalvin Cook is a fantastic role in this team. Number one in evaded tackles and two in yards created. Basically, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook fighting for those numbers. And it seems like Derrick Henry is running away with the yards created right now. You can see in the passing game that he has a lot of good usage as well. Fourth in overall yards perception at 8.7. Clearly, Dalvin Cook is in play. Not much more to say there as we move down now to the cheaper range, guys. There's a big drop off to Mr. Alvin Kamara. And on the screen, you'll see some stats about Mr. Alvin Kamara here. In week 14, he had 11 rushing attempts for 50 yards and a touchdown. So 11 points. That's not great. Is he finally getting going to get involved in the passing game? Yes, in a major way. He had 10 targets, caught seven of them for 44 yards from Mr. Taysom Hill, as it looks like it will remain to be Taysom Hill this week. That is important because he only had, what, four targets in the three previous weeks before that? So Kamara getting going in the passing game. And it wasn't just on like, okay, here's a check down panic stuff. No, it designed plays as well. Screens, all that type of stuff. Sean McVay or Sean Payton probably said, hey, what's going on here? We're not using Alvin Kamara. We got to start using probably our number 1A, 1B option on this team this week. He's currently right now number one in yards per touch at 6.2. Give that guy the ball. Third overall in breakaway runs, fourth in evaded tackles, third in routes run, and number one in running back target share at 23% with 96 targets also leads the NFL at the running back position. So Kamara is a very nice. Yes, he's a a nice option if you're going to get this passing game usage or close to it for a 20 plus point upside at a fairly nice price point. You go down a little bit more. I do prefer David Montgomery to James Robinson just because of the game script at this point. Uh, James Robinson's a 14 point underdog. And if you don't get the passing game usage, that is a concern. I'm actually going to make James Robinson a maybe here. And the big reason why is we saw last week, Mr. Divine Azigbo, who's been the backup running back and nobody has been getting work at all in this backfield. It's been James Robinson only surrendering like 10 overall touches so far this season. He's questionable in week 15 with a knee injury. He has a negative run blocking advantage this week against a team that's top half of the league in rushing yards allowed at just 113.6. But in general, the Ravens defense not good against the run, right? They're just in good game scripts. So they limit running back yards, 20th against the run, 27th in tackling. But the number one opportunity back last week, third in overall carries. This is the concern. Last week, we saw Divine Azebo come in and he caught four of his targets for 30 yards. If Divine Azebo is going to step on the field and be a pass catching running back and take away, you still had Mr. James Robinson seeing four targets. But if he's going to take away from the ceiling and even the floor of James Robinson's passing game, then what are we doing here at $7,100 with a guy who's a 14 point underdog? So that's why I tempered expectations because there's nobody. There's nobody right now taking any opportunity away from Mr. David Montgomery. So David Montgomery, I do prefer to James Robinson. I assume the ownership will as well, but I don't think as many people will be keen to the fact that this divine Azebo was taking touches away from James Robinson last week. And that is definitely a concern. Also, you get David Montgomery in just a better situation. In this situation, only a three-point underdog with a positive 34% pass blocking advantage this week against a Vikings team that is borderline bottom third of the NFL, allowing 120 rushing yards per game. They're in 26th against the run and 25th in tackling. You're getting David Montgomery just being an absolute monster. 24 plus fantasy points in each of the last three games. Gets himself a nice matchup here as well. In week 14, he had 11 carries for over 113 yards in a tutty. And then he caught three of his four targets to put him at a total of 155 total yards, 24 and a half fantasy points. He's second right now in routes running the NFL in first since week four when Tariq Cohen got hurt. He currently has 42 receptions at this point, doing a lot of stuff overall in terms of picking up not just routes run, not just evaded tackles, but a lot of efficiency metrics as well. Yards per reception stats. He's now top 10 at around eight yards per reception. Yeah, David Montgomery has been fantastic. He's been good. A man that I do think is going to pick up ownership. We have ownership. We have rankings. We have projections. All this stuff. You can find it down below on my Patreon. You can follow along. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore follow along right now. Try to pull that all up. Projections, rankings, ownership, super draft projections as well. We'll have the NBA as of Tuesday covering that as well. But a guy that I do think will pick up some ownership because of how much he just went off in that last game. Cam Akers, the volume was all there. 23 touches, 29 carries, 171 yards. He then gets two receptions for 23 yards, almost puts up 200 total yards on Thursday night football in week 14. And now he has a positive 19% run blocking advantage as the highest overall favorite in this game or the biggest at 17 points. He's running behind the third ranked run blocking unit against the Jets defense that has been 
been good against the run. Fourth against the run, 13th in tackling, allowing just 113 yards per game. It's 12th overall. Good against the run, but look, the opportunities that Cam Akers has at this point, how much of this team in the Rams for the last five years, including this year, runs in the red zone. That's some of the reasons why I don't want, really, the main reasons. I don't want Jared Goff this week. I don't think he's going to have enough passing attempts, especially in the red zone, but you're getting Cam Akers this year. You can't look at his yards per game numbers or just, just total yards per game because everything has changed over the last week to two weeks. Like he's averaging 12 carries per game. He's averaging almost 60 yards per game, but a lot of that is not taking into account the last couple of weeks. What you can look at is that he's been efficient basically all year long. 5.2 yards per attempt is borderline top 15 in the NFL. Cam Akers is a clear yes for me. You can see there's a lot of good options. You have Ezekiel Elliott as well, just because his price point keeps dropping. Like if Zeke is about to touch the 5k range, I have to be interested. Now he's questionable with a calf injury, so watch that. He will have a positive run blocking advantage against a good defense that is true, but he's still leading the NFL right now in routes run for running backs, fourth in overall targets, top 10 in target share as well. So this is fine for him. You're getting a guy who's seventh in opportunity share so far on the season, averaging over 16 carries per game, about 20 opportunities per game. I have him as a yes, which might be a little bit aggressive, but that's me assuming that he's going to be very low owned to this point. There is a chance that Tony Pollard continues to seize some touches if Zeke is hurt. So maybe yes, is a little bit aggressive, but this is just, again, assuming that he's going to be a little bit lower owned. Now, Leonard Fournette is somebody to keep in mind here. Leonard Fournette is somebody that you're going to want to play this week because there's no Ronald Jones. Sure, Sean McCoy will also get involved, but I think it's going to be Leonard Fournette's backfield. He'll have a positive 24% pass blocking advantage against Atlanta's number 12 overall defense. Last week, he was basically a healthy scratch. So let's just assume that he's going to be uh, on the field this week. All the reports coming out of Tampa is that Leonard Fournette is ready to do his thing, but we'll see. And last week, as a healthy scratch, you saw Ronald Jones have 20 opportunities, 84 yards and a touchdown. Now, Ronald Jones, he got hurt in that game, but then he got put on the COVID list. They said he was going to play through like a surgery in his finger or something, but then he got put on the COVID list. So he can now not play, but he has not played Leonard Fournette since week 12. And in week 11 and week 12, you saw the majority of the snaps, 51% and 52%. But in week 12, you only ended up seeing overall six opportunities. In week 11, you only ended up seeing overall 11 opportunities. But the nice thing to see is that the last couple of times he's been on the field, 19 routes run, 24 routes run. This guy runs routes. He's been actually been targeted at a decent clip as well. 10 targets in his last three games. And if you go back a little bit more than that, you're seeing six, six and seven target games from week seven to week nine. So yeah, there's real three down potential here with Leonard Fournette, who's just at $4,500 as a six point favorite in one of the better spots on the slate against the Atlanta Falcons. So yes, I do like Leonard Fournette in this situation. He's a clear option. Everybody's going to be saying that in their podcast and their shows this week, but it is true. It's tough to get away from. LaShawn McCoy would be the direct pivot on his team, but I'm not going to be going to, I mean, two dusty running backs, but one who's a little bit more dusty age-wise than LaShawn McCoy. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire showed some life last week. That's the reason why I have him on this page. We actually got to see him. The Saints ranked first in run defense and 15th in tackling. That's the concern, but we got to see him bolster up a little bit in the passing game last week, and this is a nice way to get a little bit of exposure to this game. I'm going to put him as a maybe, though, because this is a tough matchup, and we saw last week. He got the opportunities, right? This is the first time in a while that we got to see him get over 20 opportunities. First time since week six, and I believe it was only the third time this year that he saw 20 or more opportunities. He caught five of his six targets, 91 total yards and 16 rushing attempts, playing 78% of the snaps, the most snaps he's played since week four and the second most snaps he's played in the season. So that's good to see. All that stuff trends upwards for Clyde Edwards-Lair, who does have a difficult minus 19% run blocking advantage this week. The Saints ranked second in opponent rushing yards per game allowed at 89. You're not banking on the rushing game usage to being there. You're hoping that he gets it done in the passing game here at a fair price point of 5,800. Some other options that we can break down into if you have the game by game notes in your Patreon, follow along down below just click the button easy to do jonathan taylor deandre swift jk dobbins becomes a little bit more appealing now there's not as many passing game options 14 point favorite problem there is that gus edwards is being heavily involved in the red zone especially on the goal line and within the five yard line raheem mostar and then david johnson at 5100 if you're not going to go to fournette or you want to play some of these top end options fournette and a david johnson combo is a cheap way it's not dirt cheap it's not 4k flat for both of them but it is a cheap way to get exposure to two guys who are probably going to each see at least 12 to 15 touches with the upside of 16 to 18 plus again if you want more 
detailed stuff on some of those other interests like a Jonathan Taylor, uh, like a DeAndre. So some of those guys, you can check out the game by game notes as we move now to the wide receiver position, which as we come here, please do hit that like button. Please do hit the big old subscribe and I appreciate you all a ton. You can see a lot of the wide receivers on the page. We'll kind of just touch on some of them. I already touched about, talked about DeAndre Hopkins. He goes off last week because his quarterback was finally getting healthier and playing more efficient at seven yards per attempt. So I like Hopkins. I like the matchup against Darius Slay or whoever they're going to try and throw at him on this Philadelphia team. And then these next two guys last week, it was Julio Jones, if healthy. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. It wasn't last week. But these next two guys in the 7K range are guys that I think I'm going to have a lot of exposure to. And last week, having a lot of exposure to Allen Robinson was very good. Allen Robinson on 13 targets scores. 27.3 fantasy points, nine catches, a buck 23 yards, and a touchdown. Allen Robinson has another fantastic matchup this week against Minnesota secondary that has not been good. He'll see Dantzler, 11% matchup there. He'll line up all over the field, so he'll see some usage of Chris Jones and Glanley, some slot usage of Chris Jones, some Glanley. He's right now third in routes run amongst wide receivers, third in targets, very quietly putting up yet again a borderline top five wide receiver season, averaging 18 DraftKings points per game. He's fifth overall in air yards. Yes, Allen Robinson is a clear yes for me. And the next guy is going to be Mr. Michael Thomas, who even with Taysom Hill, has been very good. Now he's questionable in week 15 with an ankle injury. He'll likely see some Brashad Breeland, positive 23% matchup from there. He has a 28% target share and a 27% red zone target share, fifth overall in the NFL at this point. The man right now is averaging about 63 yards per game, but he's first in true catch rate and fourth in contested catch. And he's right now is averaging 2.2 yards per route run. Michael Thomas is a very nice option here, especially as a run back option in your chief stacks as the Saints are expected to play in a neutral to negative game script. Some other guys you can see, I have Terry McLaurin in a bounce back spot after having two pretty brutal performances, but a guy that I really like, and this is the guy that you're going to be looking at and saying, okay, this guy's an absolute stud. And we're hoping, and we're hoping that George Kittle doesn't return this week because it's going to be the Brandon Ayuk show. And Brandon Ayuk has been a monster. Basically in his last five games, he scored at least 20 or more fantasy points when he's been fully healthy. And that's been the case the last couple of games. This is what he's done over the last couple of weeks. And this is not taking into account DraftKings scoring. So we can try and put the bonus in as I go. 25 fantasy points, 20.5 fantasy points, 20 fantasy points, uh, 23 fantasy points, and 20.5 in his last five games. Coming off of a game where he saw 16 targets and Debo Samuel on his first end around play of the game, which ended up burying my season because I lost by a point and a half, ended up leaving with a hamstring injury that was significant. Brandon Ayuk has now played 100% of the snaps in two out of his last three games. He has now ran 40 or more routes in three out of his last four games, and he currently has over his last four games, 16, 9, 14, and 11 targets. Nick Mullins loves throwing Brandon Ayuk's way. He right now is a guy who's been fantastic after the catch. Again, he's missed games, so he's 22nd overall, but he's very good on a per game basis in yards after the catch. Brandon Ayuk continues to be a monster, in my opinion, and now has a great matchup against Dallas. Brandon Cooks, we'll see what happens with the practice reports. Him and Kiki Kute, I don't like them either of them as like one-offs. I'd rather have Brandon Ayuk over Brandon Cooks. I mean, Cooks as a one-off is fine. We've seen him operate in a number one wide receiver role basically all year, even with Fuller there, very sneakily. If they're both active, I would really be getting to Cooks and Kute. As you can see, both of their stats on the screen right now, I'd be getting to both of these guys and basically just stacks only. I mean, you can get to Cooks in other situations, but I think there's some other options that have higher upside, like a Brandon Ayuk. You get that questionable injury with the neck, a little bit of a tougher matchup against Xavier Rhodes this week for Brandon Cooks, as you can see on the screen right now, who is top 20 in yards after the catch. So that's where a lot of the production would come from. Russell Gage, I have interest in. If indeed you're not going to see Julio, which it's leaning that way right now, Russell Gage has five plus targets in five straight games, 12 or more fantasy points in three of his last four games and he's just going to see an overall target share of usage without Julio Jones on the field. So that's going to be nice. 67% of his snaps out of the slot this year, 6.5 targets per game. CeeDee Lamb's a nice cheap option as well. Nice guy who has a lot of upside there. Jamison Crowder is interesting at just $4,400 because he's been banged up, but his price point has plummeted and I get it. He's been coming off the injury and since then he had that one nice game where he relied on touchdowns. He'll face Troy Hill in this week, but this is where you want to target them. You want to target the Rams in the slot. The concern is not Crowder for me. If he's actually going to be healthy and it seems like that the last couple of weeks, this is a guy who still has a 25% target share 
earlier in the year with Sam Donald, 7.6 targets per game. This guy was averaging close to 14 fantasy points per game, has five total touchdowns on the year. The concern is if Sam Donald only throws for 95 yards, well, you can't do much with Jamison Crowder then. And he's looked very bad, Sam Donald, this year. But Crowder at $44 does have upside for a 13 and a half team total is terrible. I don't want to play his quarterback at all. But if you can get just something going, if it's like a 180 yard game from Sam Donald, there's a good chance that Crowder's putting up like his patent six for 70 yard game, which at this price point is not terrible. Somebody that I do want to keep an eye on, you had Jakeem Grant leave that last game early uh, for the Dolphins. You had Mike Gusecki leave and it looks like Gusecki's not playing this week. Parker left. Parker's been practicing limited. Track that. Jakeem Grant has been practicing limited. He's questionable with a hamstring injury right now. So it looks like you're not going to have Gusecki. If you get one of those other receivers out between Grant and Parker, if you get both out, I mean, Yahtzee, right? It's going to be a party for Mr. Bowden Jr. who went off last week. Bowden last week, Jr. He had seven catches for 82 yards on nine targets, 15.4 fantasy points. The former Kentucky quarterback slash running back that he came out in the draft as a running back transitioned from the Raiders to now this team of Miami as a wide receiver. And he looked damn good. He actually looked like Mr. Jamison Crowder. So I do like Lynn Bowden this week. Lynn Bowden is a athlete to say the least. Lynn Bowden at this point, nice team total. He can move all over the field. I like him. If you get one of those guys out, I like him at 3,600. And it looked like Tua felt the most comfortable throwing to him out of maybe, I mean, Gasecki, maybe you can argue he looked a little bit more comfortable the last couple of weeks, but he looked very comfortable throwing to him downfield in the intermediate on the sidelines anywhere last week. So those are my yeses. And then there's always a long list of just guys that I have some interest in, right? Calvin Ridley, I'll have interest in, but he's getting more expensive. Tyree Kill, obviously I'm going to have interest in these Chiefs guys. We didn't mention any of them, but I have the stack. So none of them are standouts because Tyree Kill is expensive. Same and the other guys just aren't getting volume. Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, but those guys are going to be in my opportunities and my situations where I like them. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are guys that I have actually projected out pretty decent this week. If you want to check and follow along down below on the Patreon projections. I have Robert Woods this week for 16 and a half fantasy points and Cooper Cup for 16.4. So they're basically projecting out as very similar options. So I would take the cheaper option there for $200 less in Robert Woods against the Jets. You would have to get a lot of this probably in the first half, but it's going to be very, very easy matchups for a high team total for those guys. Again, don't think they have the upside for both of them to pay off. That's why I don't like their quarterback this week, but as individual options, I think they're decent. The matchup for Chris Godwin against Atlanta is going to be very good. The concern is just, is this guy healthy, right? Is this guy healthy? Last week, they said that he was banged up. It looked like that, but he has a massive positive 57% matchup versus Oliver this week. Again, he played hurt last week and it showed the offense only threw 23 times. So it's hard to really tell just three targets, two catches, 25 yards last week. And he's number two in catch rate this season for Chris Godwin, 20% target share on seven targets per game. People are going to want to jump up and down for T.Y. Hilton. Sure, I'm going to put him in play as a run back for Deshaun Watson, but I, I will just say, like, hold your horses on T.Y. Hilton. The narrative that he always goes off against Houston, sure, follow that narrative. If you, want, if you want. I know he did it two weeks ago. I know he's been good for two straight weeks, but his separation numbers have not changed. The fact that he has not been separating the same way that he hasn't been separating all season long these last couple of weeks, according to Next Gen Stats, does not give me much confidence that this T.Y. Hilton just a couple of pop-up games are going to sustain. Now he has a very easy matchup against Houston, right? And he's maybe getting a little bit of confidence behind him and Philip Rivers getting confidence throwing to him. But I still have a lot of concerns with T.Y. Hilton because if the ownership starts to rise on this guy as the price point rises, but really nothing is changing outside of some honestly fluky weeks, like he's not getting separation. So what is just happening is perfect ball placement and enough at this point for T.Y. Hilton to get there, aka everything is going right. I'm not really going to bank on that. A guy that I do like for GBPs is Justin Jefferson. This is a guy who's putting putting up fantasy points left and right, obviously all year long. This is a guy who has quick strike ability at $7,300, a decent to- team total of seven, 25 and a half and a lot of air yards this year. He's not going to be owned at all based on where he's priced around some other guys like a Michael Thomas and an Allen Robinson. Can scroll down to get you some other cheaper options. Denzel Mims, McCole Hardman and Stacks, Cam Sims, Devin Duvernay is somebody on showdown slates that I've had interest and it just continues to uh, backfire in my face. I don't even have that much interest at $3,200 because Mark Andrews, Willie Sneed, these guys are all going to be running ahead of them. Lamar Jackson and Dobbins and all these other guys on the ground. That would be your concern. Guess Brian is now back and activated. At least that's what we're assuming off the COVID list. 
got cleared and passed in five days. So Devin Duvernay is still nowhere near a standout option. Out of these cheaper options, I would just prefer McCole Harmon. In his situation, the special teams usage, the dynamic player that he is, even if you can just get him to run 15 or 20 routes, he can have a lot of upside for you. Denzel Mims, if he returns, will see a brutal matchup. So that's tough to really want to get to. Some other cheap options, Sammy Watkins, of course, in those stacks. Jacoby Myers is interesting. Tough matchup against Miami, but still that main opportunity and target share guy in this passing game. I would probably just go down to McCole Harmon at 3,400 or Sammy Watkins at 4,600 and try and stack them up. So now we close it out at the tight end position where look, it's not going to be an obvious Travis Kelsey. Like I have Travis Kelsey projected for damn near close to 20 fantasy points. The reason I don't have him as a yes is because he's just expensive. Now I assume I'm going to get a lot of him in stacks, but he's expensive at $8,000. So you have to kind of pick apart what you want here. He's no longer a average price wide receiver at 7,400. He's becoming a top tier price in that pricing range, how those other top wide receivers are priced like your DeAndre Hopkins, like your Tyreeks, like how normally Devontae Adams when he's on the slate is. Some things to look at. Just keep in mind that George Kittle could return this week. I think it's unlikely, but keep a close eye on that because I do like a lot of Jordan Reed at this point. If indeed George Kittle is out, if George Kittle returns, well, then we start to get some interest there and no interest in Mr. Jordan Reed. But right now, Jordan Reed is my overall fourth value play in the slate for 8.2 fantasy points at just $3,200. Mark Andrews with all his pass catchers out is going to be somebody that I like a lot. Mark Andrews is my second highest projected tight end and also my number two value play, my number two only behind Kelsey super draft play. I like Mark Andrews a lot at $5,500. It does seem like a week to punt tight end if you're not going to go to Travis Kelsey. The one exception would be Mark Andrews. I choose Mark Andrews over TJ Hawkinson more times than not. I haven't projected for more than two points over TJ Hawkinson, but some punt options. If Kittle is out, I think Jordan Reed is fine. If you want to go back to Jordan Aikens, who is seeing targets and routes run and dropped a wide open touchdown last week, it's hard to go back there, but he's just $2,800. You have Dallas Goddard, who's getting some usage. Hayden Hurst, who's been brutal the last couple of weeks, but still running a lot of routes and getting downfield targets. Adam Shaheen, who's going to fill in for Mike Gusecki, saw a lot of usage from Tua. We'll have more interest if Jakeem Grant and Devontae Parker are out there. Dalton Schultz continues to be consistent, like five catches a game, four, five catches a game for him. My main punt options will be Jordan Akins and Jordan Reed at this point. Logan Thomas looks, looks decent, but now he's priced up to 4K, so I prefer Jordan Reed there. Mark Andrews, probably my top tight end play this week, if we're assuming that we're not trying to pay all the way up for Travis Kelsey. Otherwise, Kelsey, I have right now projected for five more fantasy points than any other tight end. That's just the issue, though, is the price point. So thank you so much for tuning into this video, the week 15 final picks, final thoughts video. Here's the rest of the week, right? Player props video drops on Friday at noon, so depending on when you're watching this, it might be out. Saturday, we're going to have a live stream. We already have the Saturday video up. It went up on Wednesday, so be sure to check that out. You can follow along with the Patreon projections, rankings, ownership, all down below for that slate and this main slate as well. So you can check that out on patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Also snag some merch in the merch store down below, the Teespring merch store. Saturday live stream to close it up. Sunday live stream as well at 10 a.m. East Coast time. Saturday, we'll go live at noon for about an hour, answer your questions for that two game slate, Millie Makers for both of these contests. And then Sunday morning, the show that gets you people, the dollar ruskies. All you patrons sign up down below because uh, the 650, 660 so of you, I get that Sunday closing thoughts podcast. It's going to help you a lot more be able to picture the slate, be able to see where the downsides of the slate are, where the limitations of the slate are, and basically see around corners that your opponents can. So thank you so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe before you go. Check out Jock Market and support them. I appreciate you all a ton and I will see you all in the next one tomorrow live at noon East Coast time. See you then.